Grace and peace. God bless you. Welcome back to Soteria Prophetic Ministries. I'm going to be a teacher for the next few moments, Apostle Dr. Delisa. And I'm going to continue my talk on um, relationship series because there's so much we can say about that. But I also want to continue my discussion on Th Jethro and Moses. Now, in the first um, installment, I talked about how Jethro was Moses's uh, trusted mentor, right? Seasoned man of God who could provide Moses with um, some leadership uh, guidance and so forth. So, but now I want to talk a little bit about some of the counsel that Jethro gave Moses, particularly with regard to Moses establishing or creating a supportive network. Now, each of us, regardless of what our family relationship dynamics are, we all need a support network. When you think about Jesus, um, he called 12, right? He knew one of them was a devil, but even he, even in the midst of that, he had a work for Judas to do. And Jesus fully understood Judas's place. So understanding a person's placement in your life is critical. It's very important. And you need to know, I would advise you to, to take time to think about, chart out what that looks like. Chart out each uh, those who are in your <clears throat> support network chart out their place you know what if you've ever hosted a, a dinner reception like which i did a few weeks ago and you got people coming in from all over and so there's the tendency to ask the question well where do i sit if you ever been to a reception i went to a baby shower uh, a couple weeks ago and so that question <clears throat> you're going to hear asked is where do you want me to sit matter of fact that was the question that i asked where do you want me to sit and so in terms of placement, a gracious host, uh, is, especially if you're inviting, you know, a number of people, you're going to make sure that your guests have a place to sit. You know, you, you took time to write that list out and you've also, you know, sort of created in your, your, your um, seating circle, a seating chart or what have you. And so you're going to take time to find out, you know, to, 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 to strategize that. Who do you want to sit near? Sit near who? Who do you want to sit close to you? Who sits at your table? Who sits at the table two tables away from you, right? Those things are very important. And so if we if we uh, put forth that much effort in a table setting, table seating, how much more our own life? How much more do we consider people's placement in our life? Who's supposed to be close to you? Who's supposed to be far away from you, but still connected to you? Those are very, very important things to, to keep in mind. So with Jesus, Jesus understood, I need a setting of 12, <clears throat> 13, me in the head, but I need a setting of 12 for the work that I need to do. Uh, Jethro understood that Moses needed elders for the work that he was called to do. You need a support network. And I believe, because I'm driving, but I believe um, there were 70 elders whom Moses appointed and ordained and assigned to support his work. Now, he didn't just call anybody who was, who was available, who had the time to do it, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Who had the bachelor degree, who had masters, and who had the, the, the PhD. It didn't matter who um, was available. It wasn't about availability, right? It was about who was qualified. And so in terms of your support network, these need 
to be people who are who, who qualify and they must qualify first of all like Jethro told Moses find men who have your spirit that's very important find men who have your spirit now Jesus didn't necessarily find men right he didn't need that and so to each his own you may not necessarily depending on what your thing is you may not necessarily need people with your spirit you may you know what I'm saying just again just depending on, on whatever um, but in, in Moses case so, and so let me just back up and complete that thought it's also essential as you think as you sit down and as you think okay is you got to think you got to we've got to learn we've got to be a people who learn how to practice the art of thinking you have to think not just jump and do but actually consider you know consider your ways think about what you're doing um so as as Jethro is, is supplying and, and, and imparting this wisdom to Moses, he tells Moses, Moses, for the work that you called to do, man, you take too much on you. You're not going to last long. I love you. You've got a great destiny on your life. But if you keep this up, man, no matter how awesome you are, no matter how valid and authentic and genuine the call of God on your life is, if you keep this up, you're going to burn out. You're not going to last long. How many times have we seen that? How many people do we know started out well, right? Started out well. There was a song made years ago. There were many who started out with me. Now they have gone astray for whatever reason. So you want to make sure, Jethro wanted to make sure that Moses completed his course. And so just to kind of go back to my first message, when you have these people, these counselors, these advisors and mentors, they're going to make sure that you have what it takes to endure, you want to endure. Paul said, thou endures hardness. I think it was Paul as a good soldier, Jesus Christ. So I'm not just interested in what you're doing today. And many times we miss that. We, <laughs> we miss that. You know, we want, we bring people into our life and we want them to be so concerned about what we're going through right now. Help me right now. Help me get over what I'm going through right now. And their assignment in your life is not to just get you through today, but they're also helping to develop in you the stamina you need to stand throughout the course, maybe of your life, maybe throughout the course of their life, or maybe throughout the course of your assignment. And so I've seen many relationships go awry. I've seen many People that I know God called them to walk together, you know, in ministry and business and relationships and family or for certain projects. And because people frustrated um, their mentor's purpose. Uh, boy, I can give you examples all day. They frustrated, you know. Um, okay, had to pause there for a moment and I probably lost my train of thought. But at any rate, I've seen people frustrate. Um, another person's assignment in their life. This is why, you know, the Bible says, know, know them which labor among you. And this is why, as an apostle, I always refer the people to Jesus. You know, I always use his example, the model lifestyle that he left to point the people back to behaviors and patterns and conducts and personalities and things that we should ascribe to. Because we sing the song, I want to be like Jesus. Lord, help me to be like Jesus. Oh, to be like Jesus. And then when we have situations, we are not like Jesus. <laughs> we are, you know what I'm saying? We, we're some, we're like somebody, but we're not like Jesus. And so I often, uh, intentionally refer to Jesus and the way that he handled conflict challenges and so forth as a model for us to, um, to, to, you know, to, to imitate moving forward. So you, you need to know a person's season, um, seat, seating, excuse me, uh, place their placement in your life. 
you need to know who has your spirit. You need to know approximately how long this person is supposed to be in your life. Again, you won't know all the details, right? I mean, unless God reveals it to you, he may say, okay, this person has five years and, and 60, uh, 16 weeks. So it's going to be important. Sorry, I had to take another break there. It's going to be important for you to know um, some of those dynamics. Again, you won't know the specifics. You may in some cases, but for the most part, you probably won't. But you have a general idea, right? You have Jesus knew approximately. Well, of course, he knew. That's why he was very intentional and um, uh, direct in some of his movements and conversations because he knew I have 33 and a half years. And so I don't have time to, you know, figure it out. I don't have time to wait for you to figure it out. I have things that I need to do and I have a certain period of time in which to get it done. So um, those are some of the things that I would just, you know, recommend that you seek the Lord about so that you don't frustrate yourself with trying to include the wrong people in your life or or that you don't misplace people. You don't want to misplace people. Now, what if Moses said, Jethro, who do you think you are? Because I've seen this too. I've been pastoring for almost 18 years been in ministry for 11 years prior to that trust me so we've got about 30 years and we've seen some stuff right um and humanity is always unpredictable so moses could have said to jethro who do you think you are man i'm i'm god's man <laughs> you know i'm the the one god called from the backside of the wilderness i'm the one who saw the burning bush i'm the one who called 10 plays you know he could have been that guy and we know people like that i'm, I'm i've got all of this that I've accomplished. I pulled myself up by the bootstraps. I've got all these degrees and accolades and I've done all of this. Who do you think you are? You Where's your church? Where's your so-and-so and so? I mean, he could have been. And some of you know people like that. God is using you to try to help them see some things and instead of them accepting and being grateful for the years of experience that you're pouring out in a conversation with them to help them avoid mistakes you've made, um, they'll turn around and bite you. They'll turn around and bite you. And um, he could have been that guy to come for Jethro and say, who do you think you are? I've got all of these people. I've got this, that, and so forth. And here you come showing up one day out the woods. It's unannounced, <laughs> you know, and you're going to tell me I'm doing too much. I have, uh, praise God. And, um, you know, I, I'm going to need for you to pack your horse up and go back to, to Midian. He could have been that guy, people. Some of us know people like that. Some of us probably been that person. And it would have, let me just say this prophetically, hear me in the Holy Ghost. If Moses would have reacted and conducted himself in that way, it could have, it would have, not could, would have shaved years off of Moses' life. Yes, <clears throat> I know he didn't make it to the promised land, but he still finished the work. He just couldn't get over, right? He still finished because the children of Israel went through and they went on and inherited Canaan. So Moses did finish his work. He just did not uh, enjoy all of his reward. That's a whole nother message. So, but had Moses rejected Jethro's counsel or had Moses misplaced, he could have said, well, I'm no longer under your authority. You know, when I was living in your house with your daughter and your grandsons, then yeah, you can come at me because I'm living for you. I'm shepherding your sheep and all of this stuff. But now I'm the big man. I'm the one in charge. I'm the one telling people what to do and where to go and so forth. And you, you're you going to come and tell me I'm doing too much. I need to appoint elders. I need to do this and I need to do that. 
Jethro could have had an issue. Uh, Moses could have had an issue with that, people of God. And it would have shaved years off of his life. Why? Because it was Jethro's assignment to tell Moses, you're going to die before your time if you don't get help. And so there comes, in terms of a support network, there's, there's a degree of humility that we need to have. Because there is a reason why God has sent certain ones into your life. Whoever God sends to you has a reason and a season. Now, you may not fully understand it at the onset. But that's your job to go and say, God, why are you sending me so-and-so? Why? Because, listen, I ask the Lord all the time, Lord, why is he here? Why is she here? I, I want to know. Because I've been through seasons of my life where people have come and approached me and say, God sent me. God told me. And lying, number one, and lying on God, number two. And at that time, especially here's how the enemy works. Especially when you're in a season when you need help. That's when that person shows up because the enemy sends them on assignment to sabotage your destiny. Or sabotage your season. And so now you're so busy trying to fit this person into your life. Where God never designed for them to fit. You're trying to fit a circle into a square. And it's not going to work. And the next thing you know, you're going to have problems and conflict. And instead of you being able to focus on what you were supposed to be focused on. Now you're distracted because now you got to deal with this circle person. Trying to be a square person. You got the square people mad at the circle people. And the circle people mad at the square people. I've been through that. I, let me tell you. It's a whole hot mess. And then during that, you're so preoccupied with trying to keep peace between these two tribes of people. Honey, you're going to miss so many things. When I went through that season of my life and I had circle people trying to fit in with square people and God, praise God, God is dealing with me because of what I was allowing during that time. And I missed so many things that were happening that were going unnoticed, untouched, unconfronted. Because my hands were so full with these people who were, I miss, who I, I ain't gonna say God, and not even the devil. I misplaced them in my life. They said God sent me and I, I put them in the, I placed them and all hell broke loose. And when I tell you the enemy took advantage of that season, people of God. I, it, it, let me tell you, it was to the point the Lord was so provoked with me. And I know he loves me. But during that season, God was so provoked with me. That he appeared to me in a vision. And he didn't come to me as a king or the glorious shepherd. He came to me as a lion roaring. And he told me if I don't back up and take my hands off. He was, you know, I ain't going to tell you what he said it's going to do to me. <laughs> but I'm the kind of person you only got to tell me one time, honey. One. You only got to tell me one time. He appeared, the Lord appeared in my living room in a vision as a roaring lion. And I'm telling you, I'm his prophet, I'm his apostle, I'm his daughter, I'm his handmaiden. But let me tell you something. God was coming to me in, ang not, I wouldn't say anger, but in, I would say this, in hot displeasure. Let me put it like that. He was not pleased with me because of who I allowed to be in my life that God had not sent. But the enemy sent them because I was in a season where I needed help. And instead of me discerning and asking God, Lord, are these the ones you sent to help me? They showed up and let me tell you, they came in groups. So I'm telling you what I know, people of God. They came in groups and they came gifted. They came skilled. They came with money. They came, I mean, with so much support, so much support. And every last one of them was on assignment from hell. Well, about most of them, about 95%, about 
percent of them were on assignment from hell. Okay. And I had to pray and fast and reach out to my apostle to say, I got a whole nest of devils in my church. You see what I'm saying? So when I come to you and tell you and share things with you, I'm not sharing something with you. I read out of somebody's book. You know, I'm sharing with you, first of all, what the spirit of God has impressed upon me. I'm sharing with you principles found in the word of God. And I'm also sharing with you out of my own life experience, my own blood, sweat and tears. I'm sharing with you so that you don't make the same mistakes that I made or that many others in the word of God or many others among us have made. Okay, I'm sure you are you are living your best life and doing the very best that God has has equipped you to do. But there comes time that come. There comes a time in our life where we need to practice the art of thinking and sit down. And count out the cost of those that we see in our circle. You know, those who we have placed. And we've given them um, power over certain areas of our life to a greater or lesser degree. But we've given them power. You be in charge of this and you be in charge of that. And you take care of that and you do this for me and you do that. You just be very, just be mindful and seek God about that. You know, seek God about who needs to be handling this. Who needs to be handling that. Because just because somebody shows up and say, hey, God said... I'm supposed to help you does not necessarily mean they're there for your help. They're going to help you. All right. But they don't have your best interest. They don't have Jethro didn't just care about Moses. Jethro cared about the work because Jethro was a man of God too. And Jethro cared about the work that God assigned Moses. Jethro believed in Moses. And so it was incumbent upon Moses to listen to Jethro's counsel. And sometimes when you feel like you're doing the best you know to do, because I've been in that situation too. And my mentor would call me, boy, boy, beloved prophet apostle. It just go off, right? And I'm just sitting there like, gosh, I thought I was doing okay. I thought I was good. You'll feel like you're doing the very best that you can. And um, sometimes God will send those trusted voices, those experienced, mature, trusted voices to say, you're doing good, but... Um, it's time for you to go to the next level. And in order for you to do that, you need to make some decisions. You need to, you need to, there's some things you need to address. And so that's what um, Jethro did with Moses. And so I'm going to stop here. I'm going to come back at another time and we're going to pick this up. We're going to talk more about it. We're talking about relationships uh, and this. Yeah. I mean, I gave you a lot of ministry examples because I don't like to share too much of my personal life. Um, you know, so I, I use a lot of ministry examples and so forth. But this can also apply to personal relationships, workplace relationships, marketplace relationships, or any other mountain that you're assigned to serve on, community, government, what have you, just people, just people. You can, you can take uh, wisdom and take um, uh, some wisdom nuggets and principles from this message and apply them all over your relationships so that you can, you know, walk in and walk circumspectly. You can walk in wisdom and you can be more productive. When Moses adhered and hearkened and submitted to Jethro's counsel, he became more productive. Not only that, he gave people around him room to grow. Some of us are frustrated. The people not doing anything. They so and so. But are you allowing them to grow? Are you have you invested anything? That's a whole other conversation. Have you, I know people now who they're one man show. They do everything, and then they get frustrated and burnt out and get mad and go off on people. But what have you invested? 
in 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 the people, whether they work for you or they're assigned. What have you invested in them? Have you given them anything, any seed? Have you put any seed in their life at all? So why should you expect to eat from a tree that you've never planted? So you got to put seed. You know, I put seed in my people. God knows I do. So my church family knows when I go off, it's just justified. <laughs> you know, justified, qualified, solidified. They know here she come. Yes, here I am. Because this is what I expect. This is what you know to do. Right. But they know I love them. But you're coming out of that place where, OK, it's time to do better. And then there are those that you can't. I, let me just again, you have to know people by the spirit. There are some people you can correct. There's some people who are still operating in spirits of, of offense and they've got orphan spirits and they've got abandonment spirits and they've got neglect spirits and they got rejection spirits. And so you, you can't approach one. This is not a one size fit all. You, you, there are people, some of my sons and daughters that I can call and get on. I mean, get on them. You know, this is what you're supposed to be doing. What are you doing? What's going on? So, so, so. And they'll, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. You're right. Yes, ma'am. I repent. I Help me, Lord. You pray for me. And, and they'll get it. And then you'll see progress. They'll respond back, reply back. Hey, this is what I've done. Thank you for the conversation. And then I have some who you, you got to feed them with a pacifier and a baby spoon because, you know, they, they operate in such spirits of, um, you know, such negative emotional spirits to where things that you like Paul said, the, the conversations I want to have with you, I can't have with you. He said, I got to speak to you as unto babes, almost as if you were carnal because you can't handle meat conversations. And I'm not saying that's their fault. I'm just saying it. That's the reality that you need to know when you're in relationships that you can't just um, <clears throat> you can't the conversations you have with some you can't have with all. And this is why you see, I'm trying to close. You see the thing picked up again, anointed and picked up in that area again. But you find with Jesus, he had the conversations with three. He had conversations with 12. He had the conversations with 70 and then the um, conversations with the 500 and the multitudes. And they were all different based upon levels of intimacy and maturity. So there are some people that I can call and have a conversation with and we can talk. They'll be honest. They'll be open and you can you can make progress. You can work with that. And then again, there's some that you just, you can't, there's only but so far, they got walls and barriers and you know what I'm saying? And you're like, if you open the door, I will come in, but you know, we don't, we don't tear down doors, right? We don't, I, I got to have permission to enter that area of your life. That's why even at salvation, Lord Jesus, come into my life. You have to invite people, you know, invite people in and listen, be inviting. So they want to stay. Oh, God, that's another topic. Anyway, I'm closing. OK, you all have a blessed, wonderful day. Stay safe. Know that you are um, wonderfully, um, beautifully and marvelously created and loved by a God who only wants what's best for you. So I pray that this message has been an encouragement and inspiration and enlightenment. Um, it has motivated you to maybe look at some of the things that are happening around you. Make some adjustments if you need to. Some of you may be doing wonderful. That's awesome. Um, but if there's some work, then take out that tool belt and, and, and take out your tools and get to work so that we can go on and do the greater works that we're called to do. All right. Well, God bless you. Grace and peace to you until next time. God bless.